The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 12 I was still invisible. The light bent around me in a roughly humanoid field, extending about six inches from my skin. I couldn't really see my own features either, but felt all tingly and cool at the same time. I stood outside of the pyramid core, looking out over a cavern of twisting vines and symmetrically grown gardens, the result of their biological weaponry meeting with nigher information fields. It was all the wash and sapphire light, emanating from the same pyramid I had just emerged from. Behind me, meters away, I could hear the veyer scrambling, the insectoid Yakomiris screaming in a high-pitched tone. Moments ago, I had narrowly escaped them. Amid the gardens, many small battles were being fought. Groups of Pfizer warriors and three crab-like Viglae skirmished with silver-armored Nuntail Guardians, the complex's robotic defense force, who were apparently on our side. Spread across the wide cavern, the fighting was split between multiple groups of combatants, the feline-faced Nentael doing their best to take down the superior numbers of the Veyer forces. The cavern rang with the sounds of clashing metal and discharging blasts. No heads turned towards me as I stepped out from the base of the pyramid, the clustered beings still battling as I crept between the viney growths and geometric blooms. I surveyed the battle spread out before me, my monad-assisted eyes briefly taking in all the details about the combatants, their relative strengths, health levels, and more. I considered joining the Nentail and helping them, but I wasn't certain my stealth would hold. I was pretty scragging sure I'd just about drained the core clean, too. I was a fire with Atra, like the spiritual equivalent of eating a really hot but really tasty pepper. Energy surged through my system, invigorating every cell and every sense. I could barely focus on anything aside from maintaining the field of invisibility around me. The only way I was out here without the veyer instantly going for me. I knew I couldn't stay. Not with enemies behind and enemies ahead. Zerathra was still out there. The veyer hadn't taken her down. So I kept moving, creeping unseen across the cavern gardens, careful not to get too close to any of the battling groups. I wasn't entirely sure how to exit this floor, but headed for the archway that had teleported me here from the trial. The actual elevator, I figured, had to be somewhere close to it. But there stood only a gaping rift in the wall, a bored-out hole smoothly carved into the stone, the circumference of three people. As I crept closer, I could see that it led up at a gradual curve. I figured the Vare must have dug down here with some kind of device to circumvent the elevator in a slightly more forceful way than we had. None of them were present in front of the hole, but as I looked closer, I could see some residual Atra particles clinging to the sculpted sides of the opening. I knew the people could do some crazy stuff with the Atra, almost like magic, but I could see that the hole went up and up, probably all the way to the next floor. That, of course, meant that they had more than just standard troops here, but that wasn't stopping me from crawling into the hole, as it looked to be about the only path forward. Z was up there somewhere, along with my only chance of ever getting out of this place. 
so upward I went. The rocky passage was an easy enough climb, with plenty of footholds and an even angle. Minutes later, I was peeking my head through the other end of the hall, looking out into the hallways of the educational sector. The walls covered in shifting geometric patterns, lit by a dim, brassy light. I was sort of surprised they hadn't just bored down here from the top floor. Then I thought of all those vines clogging the elevator shaft. Maybe the Veyer didn't have full command of their ancient weapon either. The first thing I noticed in the hall were the bodies of the Nentail, their silvery metal forms crushed and broken on the ground. Seven of them were in sight, all scattered across the elegant corridor. Among them were two mangled Veyer Fizar, milky pink goo pooling beneath their motionless corpses. I stepped forward, the Atra still tingling through my system, empowering my invisibility field. Looking down the hall, I realized where I was. These halls were disturbingly quiet, the floors muffled by some ancient noise-canceling tech. Up ahead, the dim light shone upon some figures, people walking towards me. I froze, but soon recognized the robed forms of simulated students pacing the corridors, the same holograms I had seen on my way down here. Weird, but harmless. I continued ahead, keeping a lookout for Vare patrols, but hoping I'd catch sight of Z's sky-blue figure. All I saw was the occasional body, either a Fizar or a Nentail, the victim of some prior fight. Striding the silent halls, I eventually emerged in the great central vault, looked over by statues of the Nyar elders, hallways branching out in four directions from it. This tube looked to have been the site of a battle. The remains of Fizar splattered over the walls, a single Nentail guardian broken on the ground. One of the elders' statues was destroyed, its upper half shattered and covered in char marks. I wasn't sure who it had depicted, but next to it stood the intact statue of Ios Garadel, his serene eyes watching over the hall, his forearms yet raised triumphantly. Zerathra's ex, who had vanished eons ago, on some fool's quest into the heart of a star. He had hurt her by his departure. That was plain. But she still seemed to admire him. I briefly wondered what that yug would have done in my place. This Gregor would probably blast them all with his high-end Nair abilities, paragon of virtue and atra that he was. But I wasn't him. I turned away from the statue and made a left turn through an archway, back towards that portal and the weird maze test. Maybe I figured there was an alternate way up there. My heightened senses spotted them as they rounded the corner behind me. The Veyr. Yakomiris and a few Fizar cronies. The black and white insectoid skittered with his branch rifle in hand. His lower face, embedded in his torso, wore a determined look, sniffing at the air repeatedly. The Nyar is nearby! His stench is palpable! Buzzed the upper face. Scrag, these Javgaggers could smell me. They were only a few meters away now. I had to make a choice. I began to reach for the striker at my waist, but stopped. Maybe I could have taken Yakomiris, though I wasn't sure. So scragging unsure that my hand was getting all tense just thinking about it. I wondered what in the green ocean I was going to do. How far could I run? Could I hide anywhere with this bug bloodhound on my tail? I focused on my invisibility field. On my stealth mind. On keeping my emotions low and my thoughts small. Then I turned around and ran the opposite way. After making a few more turns and rounding several more corners, I ducked into a nearby classroom. I directed the thought at the door, which melded back into its wall. In a rush, I pondered pushing one of the room's chairs against the door to blockade it, but realized that they were part of the floor. Instead, I sent a mental command to the door to lock, 
using my Nair identity to convince it not to open for anyone but me. I was sure the Vair would have a way to bypass that, but for now it would do. Enough for a moment. For a breather. I willed my stealth to end as I stumbled farther into the room, seeing the invisibility dripping off my limbs like mud getting washed off in water. I plopped myself down on the couch that was built into the back of this room. Exhaustion rising to the surface, I closed my eyes and fell back, laying against the cushioned surface as I drew a labored breath. But I wasn't truly exhausted, and I knew it. Mentally tired, perhaps. Overwhelmed. But within, my system shook with Atra. I'd taken in everything that old core held. Maybe it wasn't much by galactic standards, but for an untrained initiate, it was scragging enormous. Atra levels exceed virtue ranking by a factor of ten, noted a warning from the monadic network popping up from my subconscious mind. Yeah, whatever. I knew that couldn't be good, but I really didn't have the time to delve into some file and get a lesson on virtues and Atra levels. It's twitchy, antsy. I knew I needed to act, but I wasn't sure how. What am I doing? Asked an unsure voice from within. That was the old Kef, a survivor who had spent his whole life running and hiding. That part of me just wanted to chill out in this room until it was all over. Just wait for the danger to pass, said a self that had grown up on a wasteland world where survival was all about avoiding trouble. But the bad guys were out there. They were looking for me, and they wouldn't stop until they found me. It was only so long I could avoid them. And meanwhile, the Vare were after Zarathra too. My mentor, the one who had found me in Aruvis, helped me along my way. And also... Well, Z was pretty, but I wasn't certain how I really felt about her. She was magical. Serene. Elegant and almost perfect. To love her would be beyond amazing. But what was love out here among the stars, among these awakened people? Still, whatever we were or could be to one another, I knew that it was my duty to help her. Duty. I would have scoffed at that idea even a year before. Dug a crap, Kef, said the voice of Burge from within. You always looked out for Rayleigh. Had my back, too. Yeah, I know you've always had this image of yourself as some rugged loner, but just like Burge says, it's a load of dug a crap. Really. There was a push from inside, something energetic bubbling to the surface. Multiple presences swimming through my atra and up to the surface of my mind. Then they were there in the room with me, Rayleigh and Burge. My near sister sat next to me on the couch, her arms crossed over her bosom, her curly black hair arranged in a bulbous mass. She smiled at me, cocky but warm. Her life partner stood opposite me, looking just as tall and muscular as he had in life complete with messy blue hair and trademark headband. Whoa, you two are... here, in the flesh? I asked. Not exactly, said Rayleigh, stretching her arms across the couch as if she was in the flesh. Yup, still in your head, buddy, added Burge. With all that extra atra running through you, your mind is open enough that we're able to appear like this. Rayleigh nodded and her curly hair bobbed. Oh, pretty Kino, I said. I've missed seeing you both like this. Yeah, it's been, uh, different, stated Burge, shrugging his shoulders. For sure, I said. It's been nice with you two in there. Otherwise, Scrag, being a higher being can be lonely. But it is weird having other people in my head doing who knows what in there when I'm not paying attention. 
and it probably sucks for you both. Honestly, Kef, being in your head is... Mm, tolerable. There's never a dull moment, for sure, said Rayleigh. What's it like, really? Rayleigh shrugged. Sometimes we're totally aware of what's going on, looking through your eyes, hearing your thoughts. Other times it halfway feels like we're still living our lives back in Arubis. Only dreamlike, repetitive, a, a bit hazy. Yeah, like a dream. That's how I'd put it, added Burge. And we're aware of most of what you're seeing or feeling, but sometimes it's less clear, coming to us as abstracts, characters, ideas. Either way, it feels better than thinking you're both dead, I said. For a while, I thought we might be dead, Bert responded, shooting Rayleigh a look. It felt like this was part of our afterlives, or maybe we were some kind of simulations. Just programs in your head, Rayleigh said. But I don't think that's the case. We're both alive, in a way. But Keeper, too. Uh, the same as you, but without the bodies. Of course, we'd rather be out there, living our own lives. But we're not sure that's much of an option right now. Bird raised a bulky arm and scratched his head behind his ear. Unless the Nyar can make us new bodies or something. Rayleigh paused, looking downward. Now's not the time for that. Not with you, and by extension us, stuck in this scragging place, hiding out like animals. I just need a moment, I said. Oh, lots of moments, even. Since I got off planet, I haven't had a second to just think and relax. Plus, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Sees somewhere in here, getting hunted by a ver asshole, and meanwhile the others are hunting me down. And I haven't found you yet. Rayleigh shot me a sly grin. Actually, Cuff, I think you got the upper hand here, Bird said. You're the one with the innate gift for turning invisible, and you've got the Atra to do it. You've always been a sneaky one anyway, said Rayleigh. This should come naturally to you. Scrag, I don't even know where Z's hold up. But this place does, she winked. What? Cameras. The whole temple compound is covered in sensors that can tell us where every life form is located and what they're doing. It's designed so that the Vare can't easily tap into it, but we can. And on an etheric level, the monad connects to your mind, which can connect to each camera inside this place. How come I never noticed this? Well, aside from being as dense as Arusha, you've been way too busy running around and fighting folks. We're in your mind, and so is the monad. I could basically see all the connections it has. Yeah, I suppose having two tech nerds stuck in my head has its benefits. So what do I do? Just focus. Close your eyes. Look inward. You should be able to sense the cameras like you would the rest of the monad. I followed Rayleigh's advice. It was remarkably easy. One glance inside, I felt the connection. An image of each of the base's floors appearing in my mind's eye. Clear as day. On each floor, I saw little dots indicating life forms. I focused in on each one. I could see their designations. Fizar, the crab-like Vigle, even our own Nentail, many of them clustered in battling groups in the various hallways and larger rooms. There was a single awakened Nyar in the system, up on the topmost floor. It had to be Zirathra. That creeper, Yako Miras, had said she had been defeated, but she certainly wasn't dead. The monad told me as much, though for all I knew she was captured or knocked out. As well, a brief glance at the temple complex layout told me that there was another hole leading up to that top floor, just a few rooms away from where I sat. I opened my eyes to see Rayleigh and Burge fading away like mirages. I sent them both thoughts of thanks. Rising to my feet, I shook off my remaining lethargy. The Atra still surged through my system, giving me a heady sensation. 
I knew that I'd soon be spending it. Putting my hands back on my belt-holstered striker, I willed the door to open. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.